ask you a question. Have you ever worked with concrete? You ever dug footers or mixed up concrete or put all the stuff in it or poured it or screeded it? If you've done anything with concrete, you understand it is a very, very difficult task. It is laborious. You got to know a bunch of stuff. You got to have the right tools, but it's everywhere. You're almost every campus is under your feet right now. Your house is built on it. Your cars drive on it. Concrete's everywhere because it doesn't rot, it doesn't ruin, it doesn't burn. And so we build out of concrete because when we build out of concrete, we believe something. We believe it's going to last for a long time. Would you agree with that? And relationships are the same way. We build relationships, they're everywhere like concrete, and, and we have all are involved with them. We've been involved with relationships since the day we were conceived in our mother's womb until the day somebody puts us in the ground. There's relationships, some good, some bad, but we will deal with them our entire life unless you live in a cave as a hermit. And like concrete, we believe they're gonna last. But like concrete, relationships can crack. If you've ever seen a large concrete floor poured, you will notice that within the first couple days, they come and they cut squares because they know the concrete's gonna crack, but they cut those lines in it so the cracks won't keep going. Well, just like a slab can break apart, relationships can break apart. And when a relationship cracks and fractures, it's like a building. If the foundation of your home cracks and fractures, it's gonna destroy your house. And that's what's happened. So what is the secret to building relationships that last? I'm gonna tell you the secret in just a minute, but with concrete, it's about the mixing process and it's about the curing of the concrete, pouring it in the right atmosphere, pouring it in the right humidity, and it will last the longest. In relationships, there is a curing, there is a healing. And this weekend, we really, it's, it's our prayer that the relationships in your life are strong and solid. And if there's some that are fractured, we're praying for healing this weekend in the relationships that you have because healing is here. It's like concrete can cure and strengthen and, and can continue to get harder. Our relationships can grow. The church, which is, which is God's voice into the world today. It's that, that we want to win our world and we want to win it together. Is that right? That's what we want to do. We want to we win our world and we don't want cracks. So by the way, great to see in the house of God. Who's fired up to be in God's house this weekend? Come on, Bristol. Come on, Anderson. Come on. Man, it is. We love you. We're glad you're here. Let me just let you know that we pray for you every day and the design and, the, and our desire is that you have joy, freedom, and you walk in the peace that passes all understanding. So if you're a guest, we're super stoked you're with us. If you're online, glad you're there. If you're listening later, man, we're super excited. Uh, God behind bars, we love you. And listen, God has got a revelation this weekend that we need to get. So Father God, we come to you, the giver of every good and perfect gift, the one who is truth. You don't just know truth, God, you are truth. And Father, we pray that you'll take the truth of the word of God this weekend and you will open our eyes because all of us live at a certain level of blindness. 
All of us believe things that are not true, myself included. Today's topic is as hard for me as it's going to be for anybody here in this message. But you said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So God, would you speak clearly? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? All right. Today I'm going to give you one of the reasons that you struggle in relationships. Many of the problems that you've experienced, we're going to show you why, how the enemy attacks and tries to separate us from God, separate us from each other, just dealing out extreme relational harm. But before I tell you what this tool of the enemy is, let me share with you what the heart of God is. So let's, let's get what God's perfect will for us is. Do we still believe the Bible? Yeah. All right, it doesn't contain truth. It is truth. That's right. It is truth. In a day of moral relativism and with your truth is not my truth, my truth is not your truth. Folks, by the sheer definition of the word truth, it's right or wrong. Are y'all with me? Yeah. So let's look at I'm going to do a long passage which Jesus is praying for us right here. He spoke these things, John 17, 1, lifting up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Wouldn't you like to be able to say that on your deathbed? God, I did everything you called me to do. You sent me for a purpose, I nailed it. I got it, I did it. That's what Jesus said, I did it. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory with which I had with you before the world was. I manifested your name to the men who you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, uh, they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I gave them, and they received them. The word receive means to reach out and take hold of with the purpose of using. They did not just do like the church in America today. We take the word for the purpose of information, the knowledge. They took the word with the purpose of using it. Are you with me? They received your word. They received them and truly understood that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Now, do you see the unity between the Father and the Son? Are y'all getting that? And he said, uh, uh, verse 9, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but on those who you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be what? United. United. One. Look them on the screen. That they may be what? One. Where are we at? Let's see. Uh, verse 11. That they may be one, even as we are. God the Father and the Son are one, and we're one. That's one time. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. I guarded them. And not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. But now I come to you, that that these things I speak in the world so that they may have my what? Joy, Joy made full in themselves. I've given them your word and the world has hated them. Young adults, listen. 
Every time, so many times I've been with young and old promisers, and this is what they said, Pastor, if we just be nicer, the world would love us. Jesus said, listen, the world hated them, verse 14, because they are not of the world as I'm not of the world. The world will never love the darkness. Never. We love them, but they're never gonna love us. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. It doesn't just contain truth. It is truth. And you sent me into the world. I have sent them into the world to win their world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may be sanctified in truth. Listen, here's where he's talking directly to you. I did not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that's us, that they may be what? One, even as I, Father, uh, and you and I uh, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The, the only way the world will know that God sent us when we're one. That's the reason they don't believe. The glory which you've given me, I've given them, that they may be what? Third time, just as we are one. In the I and them, and you and me, that they may be perfected, circle that in your Bible, perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you've loved me, Father, I desire, that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them, and will make it known so that the love which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I call this the Lord's Prayer. Now, we call the prayer outline Jesus gave, but this is called the high priestly prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer. It is his prayer. It is God's will that each of us be one. Do y'all agree with that? Three times. I can read the whole passage again. Father, you and I are one, they be one, they be me one, they be me one, they be me one. And why? Well, first off, we'll be perfected in unity. Perfected means mature. Do you know why the American church is so weak and pathetic? Because we have no unity, therefore we have no maturity. Is that fair? See, the heart of the Lord is that we be one, we be unified. That's why the devil attacks us on the level of our unity. Because what God loves, the devil hates. What God wants, the devil fights. Now, some of you have already figured out the tool that the enemy uses. As Satan slithers in, what is it? He has two, his first two tools. It's the first two tools. He has the hammer of doubt and the chisel of division. Division is a device of the devil. Three times Jesus prayed that we would be one, that they would be one, that they would be one. One time he prayed Lazarus would come out of the grave after he'd been dead for four days. He stopped the widows, the funeral of her son, put the coffin down. He called the young man out of that. One time he prayed for resurrection. Three times he prayed for unity. Why? Because being one with each other is harder than resurrecting the dead. That's where we are. It's crazy, but it's true. Unity, you, in, I, together. Psalms 133, even in the Older Testament, 
They got it. The psalmist prayed in Psalms 133, behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edges of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down the mountains of Zion. For behold, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, life forever. Where did God command blessings? On Mount Hermon? No, on unity. He commands blessings. He commands protection. He commands perfection or, or, or maturity. So Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, that we've got to be able to withstand in the evil day. I believe we're living in the evil day because we're living in a day of division, even in the church. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 25, Jesus saying, red letters, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. You ever wondered why the church has lost its voice? We're so divided. We all agree the big C church. And so the Lord, so the devil sees a crack in the concrete. He takes the hammer of doubt upon the chisel of division. And man, he just pounds away and pounds away. And he begins to weaken. It is one of his greatest tools to divide us. And listen, there's always an opportunity for disunity in front of us. All it takes is somebody to hurt your feelings just a little. All it takes is for somebody to say something about your family just a little. All it takes is somebody to pick on one of your kids just a little. All it takes is a little social media hatred. And before long, we have grabbed the chisel of division and we are hammering it. Are y'all with me? It's just about irresistible. We hammer the one that hurt us. Just like one blow, one word, one thought, one action destroys. See, this is the problem. We can't be perfected as a church in disunity. He said in John 17 that they would know the fullness of my joy. We can't know God's joy in disunity. We can't experience all the relational wonder that God created in community and in a husband and wife relationship and friends when we have disunity. We can't experience the gospel and revival because Jesus said they'll know that we are one. God, that you send me when they, have, when they, when they are one. How do we let go of hell's hammer in our hand and in our hearts? How do we drop the chisel of division? Can I tell you something? This is easy preaching and really hard living because this is just as hard for me as it is for anybody hearing this. I've worked on, labored over this message for weeks. See, it is hard to let go of the chisel of division because we love it. America loves it. We used to be called the United States of America. Now we're the red states and the blue states. We divide. We watch social media hatred upon each other all the time, and we divide. We, 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 the world is set up by Satan. Jesus said the Lord G.O.D. of this world. He divided Adam and Eve in the first sin. He divided Cain and Abel, the first brothers, as, as Cain killed his brother. See, in a natural condition, division naturally occurs. 
Unity is supernatural love and care for people, even if they don't love and care for you. And that's what the people of God are supposed to have. There should never be division in the bride of Christ, in the body of God. There should never be. But the church embraces it. We just embrace it. We get on social media and we bash denominations and we bash preachers bashing that preacher. And we have no protection and we have no perfection. Why does it happen? Listen, disunity is all around us. Matter of fact, you know many of us right now are divided in the chair we're sitting in. The Bible calls it double-minded. You're not sure about your identity in Christ. You're not sure about what's truth and not. You're not sure about your purpose. You're struggling. A double-minded person. That's why the scripture says have integrity. We got a word integer, which means a whole number, that we be whole. Are y'all with me? That we be one within ourselves, with the spirit. We have disunity in our families. There's divorce, there's hatred, there's rage. We're trying to raise up godly offspring in a divided home. There's disunity in the church. We dismantle each other publicly. We bash and we trash. So there's no protection and there's no perfection because it happens in unity. The kingdom of God is weak in America. The church is weak in America and powerless because we hate each other. See, we're strong when we're united. We're strong. I need you, you need me. I got your back, you got my back. Are y'all with me? But we are weak when we are divided. We need each other. The devil knows that, so the devil pulls up the wedge of division and drives between us and we let him. We do it politically. I have some news for you. Jesus died for Democrats. Some of y'all pull by in a car and says, Biden Harris, you're already mad at the person in the car. Some of y'all see a MAGA hat walking down the mall and you hate that person. That's a bigoted racist. I hate that guy. Let's don't leave anybody out. Are y'all with me? And we let the devil divide us over politics. No power in politics. We, we divide racially. Can I just give you a secret? Jesus died for black people, for brown people, for Asian people, for white people. You walk down the road and you see somebody's got their, their britches hanging about right there. They got a hoodie on. I don't care what color they are. You've already decided something about that person, hadn't you? Come on. We divided. It's automatic. Jesus died for everybody. We divide economically. Some of y'all, there are parts of this town you would never drive through. Never. Jesus died for poor people. As a matter of fact, it seems like he liked poor people better than rich people. He died for everybody. He died for every region. Now people are leaving New York. They're leaving California. They're leaving the blue and they're coming to the red. And the red's saying, hey, we don't want blue people here. Don't bring that stuff here. Are y'all with me? Divide, baby, divide, divide. Jesus died for the whole world. Guess what? Jesus died for gay people. Some of you see a gay couple and man, your blood pressure goes up and you're automatically angry. Why? Divide, divide, divide division in so many ways. And see, what, what we do to make it worse, are you okay? We tell everybody you gotta pick a side. 
my father, which I didn't know for about 30 years, reconnected with, and his brother, my old, his older brother, Dick, hated each other. So I connected with my father. I thought, well, I'm going to connect with Uncle Dick, too. So I go to Plano, Texas. I go see my uncle. My father finds out about it and is furious. So we mean going and seeing that blankety blank, blank, blank. I say, hey, here's the deal. You hate him, I don't. Just because you two are at war doesn't mean I'm at war. You two can be at war, I'm at peace. Matter of fact, I'm a peacemaker. Why don't you two guys get together? <laughs> that didn't go over well. <laughs> but you're not gonna force me on a side. The angel shows up to Joshua. We just read it a week or so ago in the Bible reading plan. And Joshua said, who are you for, for us or them? And he said, neither. I'm the captain of the host of the armies of heaven. I'm not on either side. See, we believe God's on my side. I'm an American. I'm an American. God's American. No, he's not. He's not even white. Are y'all with me? Come on, somebody. Let me tell you one reason why I believe unity is so important. Because for you to have unity, you have to value people. Jesus' life, his message, his death on a cross, and his resurrection, Jesus chose people and left the hammering to everybody else. How about you? Let me tell you what I've learned in the last few weeks of praying over this message. It's hard to hammer people that you value. Can we be honest? There's some people you don't value. You don't value Democrats. You don't value white people or black people. You don't value poor people. Come on. And so we divide with them because we don't value them. You're never going to separate from somebody you value. Listen, this is crazy. This is crazy. Crazy. What if at Faith Promise we decided to value everybody? to love everybody. What about it? What if we chose unity over division? See, li- listen. If you're listening, say I am. You can't minister to people you don't value. Are we fighting for unity? Are we hammering for division? See, we, we are all prejudiced. Prejudice means to prejudge someone based on a certain set of things. It could be color, it could be race, it could be economically, it could be regionally, it could be all things we talked about. So, to, so what we do is we prejudge people made in the image of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 26. How can you love God whom you have not seen if you do not love your brother whom you have seen? See, love unifies Hatred divides. Today's media and news coverage, it's all about division. Matter of fact, you pick your news based on your, based on your group. CNN, Fox, not, not conservative enough, Newsmax. We pick our news. We pick everything. We pick where we go. We pick all this. And why, do, why does the media divide us? Because division sells better than unity does. Social media made for divisions. Why? The reason I quit watching news because it made me mad at groups of people. The reason I quit reading, I don't read social media. I mean, somebody writes something, I don't read it. I might like a picture, but 
Why? See, social media is made for division. Why is it? Because, listen, you get more likes and views and shares if you divide rather than unite. Can I, can, can I be honest for a second? If I read something about you on social media, I'm always going to give you the benefit of the doubt. How about giving that back to me? Are you with me? Are you with me? I'm just giving it to you because that's what Jesus would do. Well, yeah, pastor, you're different. No, I'm not different. I struggle, folks. I struggle with this as much as anybody. But what I know is that unity can't be done in the natural. It's only supernatural. Let me listen, listen, listen. Why do we want to believe the worst in everybody? Why do we look at preachers hammering Joel Osteen and laugh at it? Why do we watch a documentary on Hillsong and laugh and laugh that the kingdom of God is weakened? Why do we laugh at a Mars Hill? Why do we look at a Bill Hobbles and laugh and make fun and say he got what he deserved? When first off, you don't know the truth. And secondly, he's a brother. We rejoice when people stumble and fall. It's the reason the world has rejected in America the church because we hate each other and they say that can't be of God when they are divided. Remember when you read and people start talking, John 8, 44, the devil is the father of lies. Division is natural and unity is supernatural. Again, what has broken my heart for over 40 years of ministry is how easy the church believes negative things about me or leadership. I've watched people walk away and I've seen them, yeah, I heard you don't tithe, I heard you do this, I heard you do that. I just look and say, where did you, where did you? How could you believe? I would never believe that about you. How could you believe that? Can you see the enemy dividing us? And when we're divided, it weakens the gospel. When the gospel is weakened, we hammer away at each other in hatred and vision. We pave the way for people that are hellbound to fall through the cracks in the concrete. And we just grab the mallet and we grab and we divide and we destroy. John 17, 23. They'll know that you sent me, Father, when they have love for each other. See, we need to look for ways to love and unity, not divide and jackhammer, not devastate. Let's choose love. Let's choose people. Let's choose to connect and not always try to correct. Let's don't believe the worst in people. Let's believe the best. I know our natural disposition is division and believing the worst. Let's don't do it. Let's be filled with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with love. You, N, I, T, unity. See, Easter weekend, thousands of pastors that did an incredible job. Thousands of promisers stood up to repent of not loving, right? Y'all remember that? This is what keeps us from not loving, this division. See, if somebody's trying to divide, don't choose sides, pray for them. Are you with me? Just pray for them. Just, just love them anyway. All of us are jacked up, aren't we? Can you see, if you can see what I see right now, you'd say, man, there's some jacked up people in the house. 
Let's just choose to love each other. You can't argue someone in a submission, but you can love them. See, the cross is the symbol of love and unity for people that hate. Ephesians 6, 12. We do not wrestle. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. Our battle is not with Democrats or Republicans, blacks or whites, gay or straight, poor or rich. That's how our battle is. Instead of getting mad at people, let's get mad at hell. And let's let loose the gospel. And let's win people. Are y'all with me? In a world of division and hatred and mistrust, let's just be trusting. Is that so naive? Yeah, Jesus naively allowed him to nail him to a cross when 12 legions of angels were sitting there with drawn swords ready to come. That's just what he did. It's a problem for all of us. Let me give you three things this week. I want to challenge you. If it's, if it's a struggle for you like it is for me, I'm going to give you three things. Number one, see people as God sees them. Our number one value is love God. Our number two value is love people. See people as God sees them, made in his image. Number two, speak life over people. Listen, when somebody talks about you, would you rather them speak life or death? And Jesus said, treat others like you want to be treated. Speak life. And number three, believe the best in people. Just believe the best. When people say somebody did, somebody did, so you got to have that wrong. I know that person. That's not who they are. Does that make sense? Now, we're going to have a time of response. We've got plenty of time. These altars, our prayer team's gonna be up here. Maybe, maybe the Lord's shown somebody, your ex-spouse, your ex-boss, somebody who's done you wrong that you're divided from, that, that as far as it depends on you, you're gonna be at peace with all people. That's what the Bible says. So you can make an altar where you are. There'll be prayer folks. You can go to these crosses. You can write something. You can slap it on the cross. You can take the Lord's Supper. But let's just listen. We're not in a hurry to get out. There's no line at the restaurants yet. This is what's keeping revival from breaking out right here. This is what's keeping revival from breaking out. God, I've done all I can do. Now, Holy Spirit, would you begin to move in and bring revelation? Would you move in and would you speak? And God, will we just respond? There are a lot of people that hate me. I love them. There are people that hate faith promise. I love them. God, you know that we're not perfect. You know that. You know how often I stumble. And you love me anyway. And you told me to love them with the same love you loved me. So God, help us do that. Give us a few holy moments to respond to what you said. In Jesus' name.